y'all feeling? I'm feeling good. Y'all mean I'm feeling good. Like I had, what, three weeks off? Three? I won't say off, but three weeks of just receiving the word. I mean, it feels good to, I mean, I was able to sit and just read and read and read without it having to be for a sermon and just allow God to talk to me and tell me which direction to go in. Amen. And so, um, this Sunday, we're going to start a new series. Amen. And I said, God, um, you know, most of the time on Easter, we are looking for this, like this, this happy word, right? We're looking for this, this, everybody got the Easter's colors on and all of these things. And we're looking for this happy word. And I pray that this word is encouragement on today. Um, but like I say, it's not about what we always plan, but it's about what God's people need. And many of, of us in this house have gone through um, the last two and a half years grieving. Amen. Um, a lot of people have passed away. A lot of loss has occurred. Whether it's, it's, whether it's divorce, whether it's um, your children going through stuff, whether you lost grandmama, mama, daddy. Um, a lot of folks have been battling cancer diagnosis and all manner of things. Amen. And the word that God has just had me focusing on is light. Amen. Just light, light, light. Amen. And so I want to focus on that today. And it does tie in the Easter for the people that need an Easter message. Amen. Because my Bible tells me when they rolled away the stone on Jesus' tomb, he was not there, that he was gone. You know, they went looking for him, but on the third day he had got up. And so when I read Genesis 1 and 3 to you, when it says, then God commanded, let there be light and light appeared. I'm talking about light as in dawn. I'm talking about, turn it down just a little bit, light as in dawn, light as in as in daybreak, light as in newness, light as in hope. Yes, yes, Amen, yes. right? So they rolled that tomb away thinking they were going to, I don't know what they thought they were going to see, but Jesus wasn't there. Jesus was gone. He had broken forth, right? He was no longer there. And then I began to realize that in order to understand light, Sometimes we got to start in a dark place. Amen. Sometimes to understand light, amen, you have to start in a dark place. And I don't think that we can un- we can appreciate what Jesus has done for us if we don't understand darkness. Right? If we don't appreciate or understand darkness, amen. And so for you to appreciate that third verse, for you to appreciate that that God can just say let there be light, and then it appears, you got to go to the verses before that. Amen. So Genesis 1, 1 and 2 reads, it says, In the beginning, when God created the universe, the earth was formless and desolate. The raging ocean, right? It was a raging storm, covered everything, and everything was engulfed in total darkness. And the Spirit of God was moving over the water. So before light came, y'all, before light came, everything was formless, everything was desolate, and there was nothingness. There was nothing there, and it was just a raging storm. But all God had to do was speak to it. Somebody here understand the direction that I'm going in. So before daybreak, before light shows up, before you see what God is doing in your life, Sometimes it's going to feel like you're in this dark place. 
You don't know what he's doing. You don't know where he is. It just feels like a, a, a raging storm happening in your life. And as I was preparing, God says, this is like this before light condition. This is the condition of our heart. This is the condition of our heart. We have raging storms in our heart. And somebody be saying, what are you talking about? I don't have no raging storm in my heart. But yes, you do. You got fear in your heart. You got anxiety in your heart. You got jealousy. You got pride. You got grief. You got all of this stuff in your heart today. Today, all of us. When I say all of us, that includes me. Our, Our hearts are like a raging storm. And what we need is we need God to speak to our heart and say, let there be light. Let there be light. The Bible tells us that we were um, formed and shaped in iniquity. And if you don't know what iniquity is, it's sin. And I asked my wife, I said, I said, um, I say, can babies see when they're in the womb? Can they see when they're in the womb? She said, I don't, I don't think they, you know, when they come out, they even really can't see good. But she said, oh, she said, Google it. So I Googled it and they said that, you know, they can they can kind of sense light, but they really can't see. And so to me, that means that the only person who was not born into darkness was Adam because he was not in the womb. But for the rest of us, we were shaped and we were born literally in darkness. And it's not until God say, all right, come on out that we begin to see light. And I need y'all to apply that to your to your life right now. So when Nicodemus say, you know what, what do I have to do? And Jesus said, you can't get to me unless you are born again. Yeah. Right. You got to be born of the spirit. Like you got to be born of light. Yeah. Because everything, even though you we sitting here, we got these lights on. If you don't have the light of God shining in your life, you are in darkness. And you got a raging storm in your heart. The psalmist says in Psalm 51, 5 and 6, he says, I have been evil from the day I was born. From the time I was conceived, I have been sinful. He says, sincerity and truth are what you require. Fill my mind with your wisdom. Right? The psalmist starts to realize, like, you know, I'm surrounded by evil. And not only that, I got some of that in me. And you might not want to think about yourself like that, but the Bible says it basically, and this is paraphrasing, that if you say you have no sin, then the truth is not in you. So the psalmist is realizing everything around me is kind of messed up from the time that I was born. Do y'all realize that? That as soon as you took your first breath, all of those breaths was leading up to your last breath? Right? Your first breath was the first one that you was taking on your way to your last one. But it's not except for Jesus that we have hope. Because we celebrate resurrection. We celebrate raising up, getting up from the dead. Right? So the psalmist say, from the time I was born, like this thing had been right. He say, God, sincerity and truth are what you require. Fill my mind with your wisdom. He's talking about your life. I need you to shed some light on what I'm going through. I need you to shed some light on what I went through. 
I need you to shed some light on what's been happening in my life and my mama life and, and this cancer and this death and, and all of this stuff and this hurt and this abuse that I suffered. I need you to shed some light on this. Sincerity and truth are what you require. Paul says in Romans 7, 24 and 25, he says it another way. Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Right? This is just a shell. This is just a shell. Right? I'm 43 right now. And I remember when I was my son, hey, my knees didn't hurt like this. It didn't hurt to get out the bed. Right? It didn't hurt like in the older we get, right? This shell is just, it's, it's crumbling. Y'all young people better listen. You ain't going to be young always. Paul says, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then he turns around and says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So with my mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin, the law of sin, it says the wages of sin is death. So this body is up under this law. This body is going to pass away. But Paul say, with my mind. I'm going to serve. I'm going to walk in the light. So regardless of what's happening to this shell, I'm going to walk in the light. And I'm telling you that there is a war going on inside of each and every one of us. Y'all might not want to acknowledge it, but you are in a fight for your literal life right now. And what I mean by that, right, you sitting in church and you want you holding on to hope. But then when you go home and you turn around and you see mama sick. Or you holding on for hope, but when you go back and you realize that daddy ain't no longer here. Or you holding on to hope, and your child just said they wanted to commit suicide, right? There is a war going on inside of you. And I'm telling you, the world and Satan want to snatch your hope away from you. But if you don't walk in the light, if you don't see that God is in control, you're going to be lost. There is a war going on inside all of us. Those that walk in the light are in a constant state of lamentation. That means mourning. And you may say, well, how, why, why would I walk in the light? But, I, but you're telling me that I'm going to mourn because Jesus already told us in the Beatitudes that blessed are those that mourn, for they will be what? Comforted. Right? And I have in my notes right here, I say I can spot fake happiness from a mile away. I can spot fake happy. Like you can smile at me all you want. When I ask you what's wrong with you, you can tell me that you're good. But if I don't see the joy of the Lord in your life, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. If I don't see the joy of the Lord in your life, then there's darkness in you. Right? I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm saying that to make you aware. If you not, if I don't, if, if people don't see the light coming out of you, so what does that mean? The light coming out of you doesn't mean you always smiling and giggling and happy. The light coming out of you is when you going through something, they still see Jesus. That's the light. When you hurting, when you grieving, when you sick, when you in pain, and you still holding on to Jesus, that's the light. And I put in here, I say, you know, I was thinking about myself and I, y'all can y'all don't have to answer it now, but just think, do I ever seem overly happy to y'all? Not not that not that I'm grumpy, not that I don't have joy or laughter or I, or I can't, you know, have a good time. But do I ever seem overly excited by the random foolishness of this world? Like it's hard for me 
to be in a room where people making small talk. Because the only thing I want to talk about is Jesus. The Bible says, it literally says, let your communication be about what? Godly things. It literally says, so it's hard for me to sit around with a bunch of people. They laughing and they joking and they keying keying. But when I look in your eyes, I see darkness. I'm like, y'all wasting time. When you going to get your life together? Like, I don't have no problem having a good time because y'all know I love to eat and sit and, and fellowship. But I can't be fake when I look and I see darkness. And the problem is, it's the light that bothers us. So see, if you were walking in darkness and there is no light, you would not think or know that anything is wrong. That's the thing about darkness. When you're in darkness, you don't know you're in darkness. Right? You're still walking around. Right? It's dark. You are blind. But once the light shines, once the light shines, that's when I literally got in here. Oh, snap. I'm in trouble. Light bothers us. It's what we need, but it bothers us. We would rather just walk in the darkness and pretend that everything is all right. We would rather pretend like, you know, instead of grieving, instead of saying like, y'all, I'm not all right. It hurt. We would rather just keep saying I'm okay. I'm good. Right. But once the light shines, it's like we know we can't run from the fact that we heard it. So it's ironic that we would rather run from the light, go back in the darkness and claim ignorance. The light hurts our eyes. The light causes us to grieve, but grieving is when, when um, truth comes. Grieving is when truth comes. Truth comes. I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, and I don't, I don't think she would mind me saying this. I was thinking about my sister KD right here and, and what she went through this week. And I, I talked to my wife and I, I talked to Teacher Tony, I talked to Pastor T, I talked to Teacher Tony, and we were just like, we wanted to come to the to the funeral. And and I and my especially my wife and and, and I when I talked to Teacher Tony, um Teacher she was just expressing how bad she felt for not being able to be there. And I told both of them, I say, she has what she needs. God is gonna have people there. I say, but it's gonna be the days after the funeral, right? And then I began to think because I want to say, and I might have my days wrong, a couple of days before that, someone on my job lost their father-in-law. And, and, and Teacher Tony went to that funeral, and I started saying, God, should I have gone to that? And God literally said to me, son, if you go to every funeral, you ain't going to have time for nobody. Not saying that to be cold, but as a, especially as a pastor. And every single time that I, every single time that I preach a funeral, you know, I'm always thinking, like, God, you, you have these days to make those that are still alive appreciate life and to give them an opportunity to make right what's wrong. And that might sound like, dang, but that's light. That's wisdom. That's light. And the light hurts. It hurts our eyes to see that one day it's going to be us. So light causes us to grieve but it's also the thing that makes that that brings truth that gets you right that gets you prepared if you keep running from that you're not going to be ready when it's your time just like that song say who going to be able to stand 
right? My mama got ready for that great day. When are you going to get ready? If you keep running from the light, you never going to get ready. You going to keep pretending that everything is all right. So when Jesus says in Matthew 5 and 4, bless our day that mourn, that's exactly what he means. For they shall be comforted. It's okay to cry. God wants you to so he can step in and let you know it's going to be all right instead of you pretending you are right. He can actually make it all right. Just like he spoke and said, let there be light. He can actually make it all right versus you pretending you are right. To layman is to mourn. A layman or a lamentation is a passionate expression of grief. Often we hear it in music or poetry or song form. So when y'all listening to y'all R&B and y'all listening to these people cry about their heartbreak, right? They just crying about their heartbreak and baby, I can't live without you and I can't breathe without you and I'm not going to be out. That's a lamentation. The only thing is they crying to another man or a woman to make it all right. When really a real lamentation is, God, I'm not going to be all right without you. That's a real lamentation. Because we be coming, we be looking for other people to make it all right. So the Bible tells us that God gives gifts without repentance. So these people that singing these songs and doing these things, that talent comes from God. But it's all in about how you use it. What are you really singing about? What are you really saying? And what they're trying to do, they're trying to express their feelings and their grief and their pain and their suffering. Even when people rapping about the streets and the street life, they are, that's a lamentation. That's a cry for help. They, they, they rapping and they singing about their pain. But instead of going to the source who can actually give light, they just keep walking in the darkness. Laments are often expressed in a verbal manner. A lamentation, a lot of times when you know you heard the saying, hurt people hurt people, that's a lamentation. They done got hurt, they in pain, and they lash out with words. They cut you, you cut me down, I'm going to cut you down. Right? And that's why when God say we got, we got raging storms in our heart, I'm not talking about you filled with like some demon or something. I'm talking about you got pain in your heart that God needs to shed light into. Right? A lamentation is expressed in a verbal manner. Normally it's about something that you regret, someone that you've lost. And they are usually accompanied by wailing and moaning and crying. And see what we'll do, we'll wet that pillow up with tears. But when we step out of the door, we all right. When we're in that room by ourselves, we'll wail and we'll cry and we moan. But when other people ask us what's going on, we all right. We okay. We making it. We good. When you going to let the light shine? When you going to let the light shine? All of these examples that I gave, they go all the way back to some of the earliest forms of writing. They exist across all human cultures. I don't care where you're from. Every single human being is in a state of grieving. It's in a state of mourning. The Bible even tells us that the earth is in a state of mourning, that the earth is crying out in pain. What do you think earthquakes and hurricanes are? We all want to go back to where we came from. We all want to be healed. We all want the light. So going forward in this series, I'm going to be walking y'all through the book of Lamentations. Visitors, y'all come back and it's good till you come back and hear it. I'm going to be walking you through the book of Lamentations. And what the book of Lamentations is, it is literally a song or a poem 
by the prophet Jeremiah about the destruction of Jerusalem. This means this man is standing in the middle of this city and he's watching the city crumble around him. And that's it. That's what we are. Y'all step out. Take a look around and you can see your city crumbling around you. When you're on your job, you can see your co-workers crumbling around you. When you're in your house, you can see your family crumbling around you. How many of y'all feel anything about that crumbling? When you look at your parents, when you look at your kids, when you focus on your co-workers, when you think about the news, when you look on the social media, every time they all put that filter on, every time y'all smooth that skin out and make them eyes pretty, really what you want, you want to be seen. You want somebody to love you. You want somebody to recognize you. You want somebody to validate you. Why? Because you don't feel good. Y'all got to see what the enemy is doing and how people are figuratively and literally dying and then more. And I know some of y'all might not want to go there right now, but the purpose of Lamentations is not to make you sad. It's supposed to produce a belly well of praise. It's supposed to lead you into the presence of God. It's supposed to make you realize that you need a Savior. So when we read that book, when we read that book, When we read Lamentations, all of the people at this time, Jeremiah is telling them, like, y'all, Jerusalem being destroyed, and they don't want to see it. They keep saying, they keep saying, we God's people, though. We God's people. God not going to destroy the city. He not going to do it. He going to take care of us. They don't want to see it. But what does the word say? If my people who are called by my what? Called by my name would do what? If they would turn. If they would repent, then he would do what? Then he would heal the land. So if you refuse to see that you got a problem, how do you expect God to heal you? Ephesians 5, 8 through 14 says, you yourselves. Paul is talking to the Ephesian church. So he's talking to church folks now. He says this. So this I feel like it's going to me. He says, you yourselves used to be in darkness. But since you have become the Lord's people, you are in the light. So you must live like people who belong to the light. How many of y'all are living like you belong to the light? How many people, when they look at you, they see Jesus? Because that's the thing about God's light. When Moses went on the mountain and came down, they couldn't look at him. Because God's light was shining on Moses. They couldn't look directly at him. So what, what I'm trying to say is when you're living in the light, people stop seeing you. And they start seeing God. Right? When they start, when they look at you, they don't no longer associate you with who you used to be. They associate you with, oh, that's the man that loved God. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? For it is the light that brings a rich harvest of every kind of goodness, righteousness, and truth. If you don't walk in the light, do not expect to be blessed. What, y'all, what kind of people y'all think hang out in the darkness? Tell me what kind of people like you in the darkness, you're going to mess around and get mugged. You're going to mess around and get raped. You're going to get messed around and get tricked. Somebody going to steal your stuff. They're going to break in your house. They're going to take all your stuff. That's what kind of people hang around. When the roaches come out, like, think about what happens in the darkness. Amen. Don't nothing good happen in the darkness. Amen. It's the light that brings a rich harvest of every kind of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Try to learn what pleases the Lord. 
have nothing to do with worthless things that people do. Try to have nothing to do with worthless things that people do. Things that belong to darkness. Instead, bring them out to the light. No, I'm not coming where y'all at. Y'all going to have to get where I am. I ain't walking in that darkness. Y'all going to have to come out of it. If y'all want to have something to do with me, you got to come out of that and come where I am into the light. Paul says it's really even too shameful to talk about. He says it's even too shameful to talk about the things that y'all do in secret or that they do in secret. And that's why I tell people all the time, I don't have to know what you're doing for real, for real. I can just look at you and tell you ain't right. I can just look at you and tell you in pain. I don't have to know all the details. See, some of y'all want to know the details so you know how to pray. You don't have to know the details to know how to pray. You don't. You just being nosy. You just want to, you just want to know all the little bits and pieces. You don't have to know all of that. If you see that there is a need, if you see darkness, just pray for life. And when all these things are brought to the light, when their true nature is clearly revealed, for anything that is clearly revealed becomes light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, and rise from death. We're talking about Easter. Wake up, y'all. I heard somebody say this week, we treat God like he's the great I was. We treat God like he's the great I was, not the great I am. Meaning he's doing stuff right now. Like whatever you need today, he can do it right now. It's not like he was doing it back then and now he can't do it for you. You got to make it all okay by yourself. He can do it right now. Wake up, sleeper, rise from death, and Christ will shine on you. There is hope. There has to be hope. Jesus is hope. Lamentations is the story of a prophet in a falling, crumbling world. And that's what God is getting ready to take us. That's what God is getting ready to take us. He's trying to bring us into the light. Amen. He's trying to bring us into the light. And so I just want y'all today, amen, as I come in, I just want y'all to understand on today um, that I know that this is a place where we might not want to go. We might not want to talk about grief and suffering and pain, but God say, y'all need it. Y'all need it. Y'all need it. And somebody in here might, well, somebody in here might be saying, well, Pastor, like, you know, they still saying I'm good. Like the old people say, just keep living. Wait your turn. Right? Right now it's not your family, but when it is, <coughs> but when it is, right? But when it is, what are you going to do? You got to be prepared to walk in the light. You got to walk in the light when you're in your house. You got to walk in the light when you're on your job. You got to walk in the light at all times. And the way to do that is, right, Jesus is the light. Revelation says that in heaven, there's going to be no need for the sun or the moon. And I don't even thank God for the moon, right? When you read on in Genesis, I even thank God for the stars and the moon because God says, even at night, I'm not going to, even when it seems dark, it'll never be completely dark. Right? Even when it seems dark, it will never be completely dark.
So the Bible tells us that in heaven there's going to be no new, no need for a stars and the moon and the sun because Jesus is going to be the light. He's going to be the light. And he never goes out. He ain't worried about the light bill. He ain't, you know, like, wasn't y'all cut my lights off. Y'all run all these lights off. You don't have to. He got it. Amen. So as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, amen, just say, God, help me walk. Help me, help me walk in the light. Help me get out of darkness. And I can't stress enough to everybody that's scared of me saying that. I'm not talking about the devil just got control of you. What I'm saying is you have a need. You have a need that you need to recognize. And you need to say, God, I need you to shine light on this thing for me so that I can get, I can, I can be better. I can be better. And then when you make, when you, when you, when you, when you realize that you need to be better, expect God to just like he did in Genesis 1 and 3, expect God to speak to it and then for something to happen. Not maybe, but expect him to speak to it. Expect him to say, "Let when you ask for it, expect him to say, let there be light. And then expect for light to appear. Because that's how he works. That's how he works. All he has to do is speak. Amen. 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 Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand.